2: Please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, I'm talking to Darren Olin. He's an American author and podcast host with a BA in exercise physiology. You may know him from his Netflix docu-series, Down to Earth, with Zach Efron. We're here to talk about his new book, Fatal Conveniences, The Toxic Products and Harmful Habits That Are Making You Sick and The Simple Changes That Will Save Your Health. Please enjoy. Darren Olin, welcome to the American Glutton podcast. What's up man? Good, good to
3: be here Ethan.
2: I'm I'm really excited to talk to you. I know you have made health like a very big priority in your life and and delivering tools to others so that they can achieve health. Um what what it, what are toxic inconveniences? I I want to hear about this because I do think that um a lot of the problems we have are just things we never think about and that we are in these patterns and habits every day and encountering things and they're having effects that we don't even know about.
3: Totally. Yeah, it's uh, the modern day life has bred us incredible conveniences, right? We can turn on the faucet and have running water. Uh, We can go to a store and buy all our food and shampoos and conditioners and laundry detergents and cleaning products and all of this stuff. And I'm all I'm all for conveniences, right? In a certain way, it's created our modern world. But but what I came to realize my, you know, we'll unpack it maybe later, but my dad suffered with in the 90s with chemical sensitivity. So that was my first and I was right in the middle of studying physiology, nutrition, all of that stuff. And so my dad's coming to me with all this stuff going, what is happening? Like sending me care packages of my first clean products that he had to scour and find. So 30 years, I've been, my radar has been up. And so I wrote my first book, uh, Super Life with Foundational Ways to Stay Hydrated and Eat Nutrient-Dense Food and Let the Body thrive but at the same time dude with these modern convenient conveniences they have this rub and the rub is this fatal flaw that they have which you know i could conjecture as to how the hell they're there but they are and so it's this idea that and it's this reality that these chemicals are All in all of these products, and they show up in the way of endocrine disruptors. They show up in the way of formaldehydes and PFOS chemicals, which are derivatives and grandsons of things like Teflon. Right. So now, like you see, things they're trying to uh, rule out and get rid of this Teflon coating, and the the gig is up. But the thing is, they have nine thousand other expressions. of this chemical. And these chemicals, again, we can talk about many of them. But the overarching thing is they're affecting our master glands, they're affecting our hormones, they're affecting our testosterone, they're affecting our estrogen. So they're, on the one hand, we're like, hey, I'm living my life, I'm trying to stay healthy, I'm trying to eat well. And then you have this kind of side game that's happening and you're getting you know punched and hijacked with this the 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 glands that are modulating your entire um, outlook metabolism everything there's also that we need another term like we need a hole in the head but there's there's terms like now they're calling these endocrine disruptors kind of obesogens because they're starting to see that Number one, they're affecting our metabolism. Number two, they're affecting our energy levels. Number three, they're actually, the, the, the body is amazing because it doesn't want the blood toxified. It doesn't want, and our liver does a good job, our kidney does a good job of other fluids. And so when we find these man-made um, chemicals in these products, the body also then takes those and shoves them into fat stores to keep them out of the way of, you know, the, the vital organs. Right. So at the same time, you're running around, you're trying to stay in shape, you're all this stuff. And like, you know, we've all run into these areas of like, why can't I lose the weight? Why can't I do this stuff? Well, there's this toxic soup. That we're also is an, is being created in our life every day, all day. So think about: you wake up, turn on the faucet, get a nice big glass of water. Everyone tells you that's a good idea, right? And then, and then you're like, okay. Well, if you're not filtering that water properly, because everyone says filter, and filter doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. You're being exposed, and one of the biggest ways that you're being exposed to PFAS chemicals, which are forever chemicals with bioaccumulate that also affect the immune system, the endocrine system, they are in the water. Pesticides are in the water. Pharmaceutical drugs are in the water. Heavy metals can be in the water. So there's a whole host of chemicals just in that glass of water that you're not filtering. Then you go take a shower and what do you think? Hot water, open the pores, put on your largest, you know, your largest organ now is being exposed to also unfiltered water. So transdermally, you are soaking in chemicals as well. So then you go to, okay, uh, body wash, shampoo, conditioner, lotion, cologne, perfume, women, uh, mascara, beauty pro- like And so now all of a sudden studies show that an average woman, by example, is using about 12 products a day. And that's exposing them to over 100 to 128 man-made chemicals every day, all day. And so some of those are hijacking the immune system, like I said, compromising uh the endocrine system and altering their their very core of even life itself because we're seeing testosterone plummet um we're seeing the the motility of men's sperm uh you know literally dropping off the scale so the, the 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 alarming thing is yes, and my book is dedicated to my dad because I saw him suffer. But you're just seeing the the very fabric of life moving forward, meaning procreate, move on, uh, and that and those just by looking at those alone, we're seeing that we're literally neutering our society. And it doesn't have, I mean, I don't even want it to be, it should be dramatic, but I, you know, I never set out to make a dramatic book. I just wanted to kind of wake up the apathy a bit because yeah. it's like, where the hell dude, where is our yeah. regulatory bodies? What's going on?
2: So I, I yeah, like uh, when I think about um, like, the, the movement from whatever was natural. I, I always think back to like Michael Pollan's book and, and the, the store-bought bread, the onset from when bread went from right. like three ingredients to 30 ingredients, and then it had no right. vitamins. So they had to add them. And there was like a balance, <laughs> right. like people were getting sick because right. suddenly they were malnourished. So now they're right. throwing in vitamins and niacin and all sorts of stuff to the bread. But it the purpose was um, to get to bread to have a longer shelf life. So it wouldn't rot very fast. What 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 is the purpose of a lot of these chemicals? Because like as you're talking, like listen, I, I don't wear uh, deodorant, but it's not like it's banned in my household. I just strangely don't stink. And if I stink, I shower and that gets rid of the stink. You know, like that's that's how I do it. But my kids use deodorant and they're always yeah. talking about certain deodorants that don't have, I don't, I forget what it is, aluminum or something. They yeah. try to stay away from that. Good plan. So I'm thinking about this, but w- like, what is the purpose of filling up a deodorant with all these chemicals? Is it actually making you smell less or is it the shelf life of the deodorant? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Or is it just that they can produce more of it?
3: Yeah. It's all the, it's all the above First off it's lazy as a producer of a product it's it's a lazy thing and so aluminum they realized that through that and a few other chemistries that they could basically clog up the pores to stop and then chemically stop uh the sweating itself right so if you stop the sweating itself and then you're introducing antibacterial anything uh then you're you're stopping that that potential bacteria that, that, you know, war- a warm, moist place will, will create uh, an, an overgrowth of sorts. Um, and you're right, through the expression of the, your body's detoxing every day, all day. So what's coming out of your skin can potentially be more smelly for other people. It's a different kind of chemistry and depending on what they're eating. So, hey, number one, I would say it's a good sign you're not smelling. Because that's, that's, again, we're all going to smell after a certain period sure, of time. yeah. But that's a good sign for you from a health perspective. Um, and then, yeah, when they started throwing aluminums in there, um, was it that they just didn't bother testing and that they wanted to deal with the the smelling side of it? There's... A little bit of naivete when you look at some of the the history of some of this stuff it was kind of like hey let's let's solve this solution but then the the what happens is certainly in our modern day world is there's this thing called plausible deniability where the companies themselves if they don't test their product themselves then they then they don't, quote-unquote, know that their product is harmful. right? And so then they blast it out on the market. And and then when the evidence is mounting or that the population pushes back or that, God forbid, a tragedy happens where someone's really hurt by any said product more than the deodorant, then there's a regulatory change. So it's everything's kind of flipped on top of its head from my perspective. I don't know how many times, you know, hundreds and hundreds of research articles, I'm staring at, I'm reading it, and why is this ingredient in the product when they know that there's a probable, it's a probable carcinogen, when they know that it's creating volatile organic compounds in the body, when they know it's compromising the immune system, And yet it's still in circulation and yet people can still go buy it. So I I see a big fail with the regulatory bodies. And the only thing that I can come up with that makes any sense whatsoever is that the profit of it is greater than the protection of the population. And, you know, because if it were the opposite, we would have tested proven safety first and that you wouldn't have to be alarmed that your child is going to buy their deodorant and you know that it's safe and and again it's a twilight zone it's it's you yeah it's unfortunate but it
2: does the, another one of the problems or a compounding factor, I think, is that it does come off or it can come off as almost conspiratorial and and like yeah. flat earth kind of stuff. But the, but <laughs> then the issue with that is like, OK, go back to Teflon, the The people in the it took the people in the factory literally dropping dead like a, a bunch of them to get any yeah. movement there. Look at cigarettes. How yeah. long did the Surgeon General not make a statement about cigarettes? How long were the tobacco companies allowed to say this product isn't harmless? You know? for, 40, year, 40 years. 40 years. And so yeah. you got to think, like if if I was a company producing chemicals and I knew and I wasn't testing them for the reason you said, because I could get in trouble if I tested them and found something was safe... I would just make sure my factory workers were well ventilated and well protected so that, so that there was no dr- blowback onto me. Like, you know, it, yeah. it um, it seems like after these big lawsuits, people just tend to get a little bit smarter with how they do business. That, that also seems to me the way our legal system favors wealth and, and, and you can game the system, you
3: know? Yeah. Well, you know, you, you think of this stuff and yeah, maybe for the first time people are hearing some of this stuff, but you have to understand the context here. We're all born into it. And and this this thing is littered with the studies. We have things like 60 to 80,000 industrial chemicals, man-made chemicals are created every year put into the environment. Of that, this is all documented stuff of that, only about 1500 are tested and and how they're tested is only linearly because none of them not any of those 68,000 are virtually tested as they interact with each other right so it's an experiment that's just uh blasted in us and so again you you, you are you know you have 9,000 derivatives of this teflon now tefos per alkali substances, right? It's all over and read the data. The data is these are endocrine disruptors. CDC says proba- probable carcinogen. So these things are something you're buying for your children. You're going, hey, man, I like the idea of a bib on my young child and it's easy to wipe off. Yeah, who wouldn't want that as a parent? guess what that easy to wipe off thing is, is coated with PFOS, right? So now, now your baby bib. Oh, by the way, your diapers. So I'm going to sell you on, don't worry about washing diapers, just disposable. And we make them really cheap for you. Well, those are plastics and petroleum. And we know through the data that that is an endocrine disrupting, especially around the, the, the tender organs of a child, right? So these are being absorbed in the body. And also, every child, there was a great study in Environmental Working Group, also another amazing doctor, uh, Dr. Shanna Sharma, uh, wrote a great book on the epidemiological aspect of this stuff, because it's not just linear, it's now starting to affect children, and children being born. Have already in utero, two hundred man-made chemicals in the umbilical cord. Wow. So they always thought back in the day, oh, nothing, you know, the body is going to protect, the mom's natural body is going to protect the baby, so the mom can kind of do anything. It's also the playbook of the of the smoking industry. Ah, really? oh, you're pregnant, you're, the body, the baby's safe. That's not true. At all, right? right? Well, we know, yeah. Fetal alcohol syndrome is is a big deal. Yeah, Yeah. and so so imagine then this soup that we live in the sixty to eighty thousand chemicals. So they are in the umbilical cord of children being born, and 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 two thirds of them are probable carcinogens and endocrine disruptors. So you're already flipping on gene expression. and stress response of the child that hasn't even been born yet so so this is the soup this is the unregulated wild west so i guess my my hope is that hey man if you want change to happen you got to face what the hell's going on why is this happening i don't freaking know why did my dad suffer i don't i started to figure it out as he was he i mean he was a high functioning professor right who would be hijacked and couldn't even access his brain anymore essentially he had no he'd just get fogged out and so i'm seeing that and then i'm seeing more and more of the chemicals that that are just being unregulated and i think again back to the the question is why are they there well it's again it's lazy because there are great solutions i have a whole third of the book is vetted solutions. Maybe don't put that easy to slide heflon coated dental floss in your mouth anymore, right? Like, let's not do that. How about you get a nice organic piece of string that you can easily get dental floss, just wet it a little bit, then put it in your mouth, works just fine, right? (laughs) Eliminate the chemical, increase your integration of less exposure right so that's the whole thing let's wake up and you know perfumes colognes all of that stuff there's all of these regulations that have all these loopholes in them you know in the supplement industry 20 years traveling around the world finding botanicals and then I'd finally get these great botanicals from around the world and I'd formulate these products and then I'd be in, in, in wrestling and shouting matches with the flavor companies going, hey, I just told you, don't put these compounds in there. Like, say, And they would say, hey, man, that's natural. Right. And I'd be like, why do you keep saying that when I keep testing the product and these blow agents and pro- propylene glycols and stuff? Well, they said, well, you said natural. I said, yeah, but I didn't want these in there. Then I look in the bylaws of the FDA. I'm like, oh, they're... They're allowing it in there
2: and they're allowing these things
3: in though. They're likely carcinogens. Yeah. So over and over, over again, will it
2: in order for there to be like, um, and and I have very little faith in governments and stuff like that. I just, I just don't (laughs) find that they're ever doing great things, but, but what would it take? Would it take, Uh, like a private class action lawsuit or a bunch of people dropping dead that could be directly linked to that to get these things off the list of acceptable substances?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great question. The, the, the the place I would first start is that we have 8 billion of us and that's people, right? So it's these conversations. Let's have these, let's have more of these conversations. Let's wake up the mama bears and the, and the testosterone-filled men and go, hey, man, we got to protect our home, yeah right? So let's protect our home. Let's minimize chemical neutering of these, of these things. And let's just do this, you know, kind of from the inside out, like opening your mouth to, un, you know, um, filtered water. Let's start there, and I can unpack, you know, some very simple things you can do. And then let's lower ultra-processed food, uh let's try to eliminate that totally because that's its own color cacophony of chemicals and fake food and all of that stuff let's grow our own food let's like if you just start growing some food you automatically eliminate pesticides herbicides like uh you know uh, potential E. Coli because they're even organic produce they're blasting it with you know uh Chicken and and fertilizers and that's where the E. coli comes. They're you know trying to create a fertilizer full of um um you know uh, dead animals. Like it's 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 crazy these systems when you start to unpack it. So so we can raise up to the attention of what we can do in our own home, and then as we kind of go, yes. The the mounting evidence. I find it so funny, right? So I, I'm I'm a also in that camp of staring at the FDA writing an article about something that they're not regulating. Like, oh my God. Like you're talking about it, you're raising a flag to it, and yet you're not regulating it, or you're giving a pass and they're gonna phase it out in five years. Right. Okay right so you're you're into this thing and then there was a toxic substance control act that came by way of the PFAS. right these are very dangerous accumulative uh chemicals that accumulate in your body and in the ecosystem so okay so now you're enacting a regulation body because the other regulation bodies didn't regulate it i don't get it right so now you're like, what, what is this is a freaking Twilight Zone. And I think it's more to, okay, some companies, McDonald's, uh, Wendy's, all these fast food, because PFAS is also on the coating of packaging of the food, because God forbid the food sticks to the packaging, so they want this slippery substance. But that is now warm food that's chelating and pulling in more toxins. We know this. This is absolutely happening. So, food connected and in plastic is pulling in endocrine disrupting phthalates, BPAs, BPHs, like all of that shit. So, these are things that we can do. Stop using this shit. Stop using it. Be aware of it. No one's knowingly wanting to hurt themselves or their family. So, my hope is that we turn towards this, face it, because listen, nothing changes if nothing changes, nothing changes if you and I don't face this square on. Okay, but with, you know, it's with like, meat, I
2: can't remember the last time, I mean, you, I, I think I'd have to go to a specialty butcher or even maybe Whole Foods to get something wrapped not in plastic.
3: It's all wrapped in plastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's that slippery stuff that they use in the butcher thing. that's just all. I mean, the, 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 number one, I, I just eat plants, so I just eliminate that whole day. But um, maybe, if they would reg- do this for you say, so, okay, they cut your meat or whatever, you bring your own container. Right, you bring a glass container and say, "Hey, you have your glove on. You just cut this. Can you just put this in the container?" So even that paper with the one slick side is no good, unless you have a butcher that's using a wax paper. Okay, you know, like like you can you can find like be be an initiator of like, hey, bro, it's not good for. Listen, that butcher touching that stuff every day, he's got higher. I guarantee he has got high exposures of blood, PFAS, and yeah, high levels of PFAS in his blood. Right. right. So it's not good for him. That's the thing that I see about this whole thing. We may be talking about shampoo and conditioner and all that stuff, but the truth is, to create this stuff is inherently gnarly for the environment, for the workers that are creating it. Like it is always destructive. So as we can empower ourselves to create a sovereignty around our own ecosystem that's just common sense, now that we know that this shit is not in our best interest, that is saying no and is not voting anymore with our hard-earned dollars to support that company creating that shit because that is also creating an environmental pollution extraction process like that's a So that's how powerful we are. And when we all come together, all your listeners listening, I guarantee there'll be like, they're going to say, God damn it. Right. They're going to be like, I don't want to have to think about no, this, it, but here's really, it say. really is. It does. Per, it does
2: create a thing of like, oh man, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs>
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash acast and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
3: Dude, I wish it wasn't. I wish the regulatory bodies, I wish the quote unquote government people did the work. But they failed. They failed at this particular thing. So It's this invisible thing that we can put our heads down and just pretend or there's going to be a bunch of people doing that or you go, listen, you're I don't know about you, but I have a body and I have my life and I'm moving in this world being exposed to this stuff. So you are being exposed up to you if you want to take ownership of your life. And I'm not saying, listen, I can be overwhelmed just like the next person, but it's just taking one step, making a, a better step. in, like, like I said, filter the water, get a nice RO system that's getting rid of all that stuff. It's a couple hundred bucks.
2: Okay, let, let's now, talk about the water because I, there, there was a yeah. point, it was a few years ago and I, I caught wind of what we were paying for water. We would get bottled water. It would come in glass bottles. It was always heavy. My I would get pitched at because I hadn't changed it out because none of the kids could pick it up. So I would change it out and I had no idea what this cost. And then I saw a bill and I was like, we're paying thousands of dollars a month for this bottled water. This is crazy. I'm just gonna drink tap water. And within three days, I like was hoarse, my throat hurt and I felt like crap. So I knew like that was no good and we got a filter. I don't know exactly what kind of filter, but let's talk about that. What, what is an RO filter?
3: Yeah, so reverse osmosis is basically a very small micron-sized filter that doesn't allow those contaminants to go through that membrane. So, it also, so it's like 0 to 15 parts per million. Right? But it's not creating distilled but- water. Very similar. So distilled water is evaporating and recondensing. So those particulates and those chemicals essentially don't come with the evaporation and the the condensing again. So very similar. I would say both are great. But you've also now stripped the water. So you do need electrolytes. So the batteries of our body, which are the 70 trillion cells... The osmolotic flow that happened between, this, between water, sodium, potassium pump of your water pulling in the necessary water, you need electrolytes. Right. Easy fix. So clean the water, RO or distillation, reverse osmosis or distillation. And then all you need to do is get a nice, clean source of unrefined salt, right? So that has all the other trace minerals in it. Take a pinch of it, add to your glass. Or, if you have a you know your gallon, whatever, just add a heaping pinch to it, and now you're virtually good. That's the easy hack. and now get yourself a nice glass bottle, right? so i I take my bottle here and I fill it up when I'm going on a thing or whatever. I take this all over the world with me. Just empty it, and then when I can get to a place, hell, when I was filming uh, our show down to Earth, uh, I I literally had the crew. I bought them an RO system because I figured we had a hundred pieces of luggage anyway. Let's just add another another one. And then I had one in my hotel room. I mean that's an extreme example because I had the ability to do that. But as a home now you have an RO system, a little pinch of salt. Now you have an incredible source of clean water, and then the shower thing. You can get virtually uh, an, an adapter that take off the top uh, s- screw, and then as long as you're getting a good charcoal filter, it's taking most of that type of stuff out. A little different when you're when you're drinking the water, so that's why it's full RO. Now, listen, if you can afford afford a full RO filter, showers, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things that you can do to kind of. Uh, treat all of that, but that's a bigger lift for sure. But uh, an RO system, like one I use is AquaTrue, goes on top of the counter. You can take it anywhere. You can fill up the back and it goes through. It's a great company. So, but literally Amazon, you can go on RO system underneath the sink so you don't have to deal with on the counter. Like there's all kinds of uh, things. And once you do that, you're saving the thousands of dollars. Plus you're also now not getting exposed to all of these chemicals, right? And you you were a good example of that. Hydration is a cellular thing. Yeah. Hydration is a minute thing. So <laughs> going from, you probably had a high quality water, if they're giving it to you in glass and everything else, probably a good spring water. So yeah, man, if you can afford it, great. But 99% of people on the planet don't number one, don't have a natural spring that they can go to. That's the number one spring that they can get real clean, fresh tested water. Go for it. That's the, that's the gold standard. But for us, you know, we want to filter that. So that's the first thing that you can do. You open your mouth up, you're doing something every day. You want to be hydrated. It will improve your health guaranteed uh, proper hydration will improve energy sleep metabolism detoxification like water is a miracle but the problem is we have a toxic tea of chemicals that we don't see and that's the insidious side of the the stuff even with the smoke and the whole uh, tobacco industry at least you could see someone smoking
2: yeah well I, I, i found and and listen the 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 majority of my effort in in health wasn't wasn't initially about health. It was about weight loss. And now I'm interested in health much more than I was in the beginning. In the beginning, it was just like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not happy. Right. And Mm -hmm. I will say that like, as far as processed foods go, that there was, I was, I was living in a state that I couldn't recognize because I was inside of it. And once once I got out of it and spent some time out of it, when I would eat super processed foods, I could feel it. It was a lot different than when I was eating it every day. And similar to what you're saying with the water within, I'm sure I could because there are people who drink tap water and I'm sure I could get used to drinking tap water and then not recognize that when I first started drinking it, it really hurt me. It, like it, I, it caused me physical pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I, th- I think there's something too, like if you're so accustomed to something because that's just the way you're living, it, it is hard to recognize a lot of this stuff,
3: you know? I think you bring up a really, really important point, actually, because the great thing about humans, is we can adapt. Yeah, We can adapt to anything. The, some of the fatal flaws, we go, oh, our ancestors did that. They were just surviving, man. That doesn't necessarily mean that was ideal. So let's just pump the brakes on just making all, all those assumptions. And then you have other things, like from a food perspective, you have the microbiological system, which is so complex and so amazing that it, it it reacts to the environments so if you have your digestive system and your microbes and you are creating an ultra-processed land for them they literally will jockey for position and kill out some of the beneficial bacteria and then they're through almost the speed of light through biophotonics they will cause you craving when you think that's your that's your craving when in fact it's actually the bacteria of the environment that you created so then you've set yourself on a different path you start to going i want more of that soda i want more of that ultra processed food you've created a different environment when you get out of it like you suggested and what what you actually did when you get out of that you start feeding yourself full of whole healthy food your then microbes go back to a more optimal balance and it pushes out some of the negative benefit, negative bacteria. So now it's literally compartments where they push that out. And then that bacteria starts to call cravings of that environment that you then shifted into. So now your cravings of the ultra-processed food kind of go away over time. And then to your point, you're not even set up to receive that food in that way again. And so when you do it, you're hypersensitive and you're going, whoa, what is happening? This is kind of abusive. Same thing with water, man. The, the body is so incredible. We have 7 to 10% of the entire America doesn't even drink an ounce of water a day. Really? Doesn't even drink, yes, how are they getting so how many how are they
2: not just dehydrated? Oh, they're drinking soda and stuff like that,
3: yeah, they're drinking soda the, and they're massively dehydrated, right. but the body and the brain is so good. All it knows is it's a survival mechanism. If it were to put so much emphasis on the fact that you're in a you' you're in a fire alarm dehydrated state, you wouldn't have the faculties. To then find water. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So your body is like just trying to deal with it. When you introduce water and get consistent with water, you will feel like at first you'd be like, oh my God, I'm drinking so much water. And it will take literally a week, two weeks where your body will then start to go, oh, I'm not in a desert anymore. And I'm ab- actually able to receive water more water and what happens is you get a lot more energy you your your skin starts to feel better your eyesight can improve like all of these ancillary things that you had no business being able to hydrate because you were just in a survival mechanism the same thing dude with these fatal conveniences with fragrances and deodorants and all of this stuff you get used to a smell the olfactory system is one of the most, if not the most powerful system of the body. So we can, they know this, we can manipulate people through the olfactory system. We can hijack them through, oh, that, that smell. How many of us are using the same kind of smell or laundry detergent that we grew up with? Like, oh, my mom, and that reminds me of, you know, what my mom used and all of these things. So we get used to this stuff. My dad, when he started sending me this stuff 30 years ago, I started using these clean shampoos and laundry because I couldn't hang out with my dad unless I prepared myself to be around him because that exposure would knock him out. So as I was doing that, I'm like, wow, I'm starting to feel better. And then as soon as I would feel and smell and sense a fragrance, I felt like it was abusive. Because my body now is more sensitive to chemicalized. I'm not saying like essential oil and, and gifting things that are gifting for your olfactory it can Im- improve your moods on a subtle level and also give your body a sense of peace rather than fighting this abusive nature. So it's, it's important what you said because it's also this stuff is not acute, right? It's not like you're taking the deodorant and you have cancer in an hour. Right. Right. You know, it's, no, it's, it's chronic. It's this, yeah. This chronic stuff. And this is where the mounting evidence of like some of these chemicals have half-lives, right? So the phthalates and the parabens that are show up in beauty products and um lotions and all of this stuff, they're they're a preservative. They're a cheap preservative that keeps these things. There's reasons for these things, but they're lazy. And they have these negative consequences. And yeah, they move in and out of the body, some of them. But then we reapply, we re expose, like, you know, and that's where the incessant stress is always hitting us. And my my hope is, again, have these conversations, let's just start cleaning up our micro environment, our homes, and have these conversations. And then Let's create the pressure of the billions of us so that we go, hey, man, no, no longer is it okay to have these endocrine disrupting compounds in these products. Yeah. Because it's, it's hurting our children. They're moving into menstruation. Girls are moving into menstruation sometimes 10 years before they should. Um, us as men, we're losing our testosterone. We're losing literally the ability for sperm to actually procreate life. This is happening. This is real world data. We are consuming on average 200,000 micro bits of plastic every year. That's petroleum. That's chemicals. That's like, this is real shit, right? right? That, 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 that we're dealing with. So I just want people to freaking wake up to it. Face it, and let's just do something different. And, and we can make better products ourselves. There's a lot of DIY stuff. And we don't have to be a victim to stuff and to agencies and to corporations that ultimately don't give a shit about us.
2: And so there is, there is stuff out there, right? Like, I, I, I'm thinking, like, I don't know. I've I've never paid attention to any of the reasons why, but my wife has never been into fragrances. She's she always gets a real sensitivity to this stuff, and so we've never had uh, scented laundry detergent, scented soaps, nothing like that. She likes um just g- bar of glycerin, right? Is her is her favorite <laughs> soap or castile soap, castile soap, something like yeah, yeah. peppermint stuff? Yeah, castile. I'm not yeah. such a huge fan of this, but this is my wife. But my wife will not even accept a receipt in a grocery store um, and gets angry if they put it in the bag. Like she doesn't want to touch that, you know? And, and um, is that all stuff that she should be? I don't know why she, I never paid attention to why she
3: did. She's going to, she's going to look at this book and she goes, that's exactly why I'm doing it. Right. She is, she is the mother bear that has looked under the hood and seen that this stuff is gnarly. There is, plasticizers and bpa and and gnarly things coming off receipts don't ever touch them don't ever ask for them send me a freaking email i don't need the receipt like why the hell is this stuff in there the poor cashiers at this stuff and yeah she's already aware of the crazy uh thousands of chemicals in the fragrance world as soon as you say fragrance and you say that something is a trade secret that is a nice way of creating a (laughs) loop out of telling anybody or doing any tests on your proprietary blend are you freaking nuts
2: right I've ready? seen that in GNC proprietary blend and I'm always like what kind of hocus
3: pocus is this just give me the creatine <laughs> yeah, exactly. everyone's trying to you know but yeah in the fragrance world and the natural flavor I'm not saying every natural flavor is bad But you have to have companies that are doing their own research, their own uh, proprietary blends within that. And then they should be proud. Hey, man, I've developed supplements in the world. I've been in this space for 20 years. Like I told you, like I was fighting with these people. So we had to create our own standard. But on the back of the label, you don't see that. You just see natural flavors. Right. And so it's always suspect. Uh, so you have to unpack all of that stuff. So kudos to your 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 wife is saving your children. I don't mean to sound dramatic, but... It is, it well, is. I mean, saving them from an undercurrent of a chemical exposure that's going to affect you and them. I got to so sure. say,
2: I'm really happy we're having this conversation because my oldest daughter just had a kid. I'm now a, a grandfather and Congratulations. and she comes to visit us. And, you know, she's like, I need these type of pampers. And I and I, of course, say I'll run to Walgreens and get you pampers. And she says, absolutely not. This baby does not wear, And, and i have always sitting here like you guys are so extra. The girls in my life are all so particular about this shit, but maybe they know something I
3: don't know. Ding, ding, ding. I mean, why would you add extra layers of effort if there wasn't a really good reason, right? right. The radar, that's what I want to say to the mama bears out there, man. You have an innate protection. Of your, chi- of your child and of your children and of your babies. Don't turn it off in any way with any products, right? Yeah. Because unfortunately, the FDA, the USDA, even the FCC and the EPA, all these people, I believe, number one, that they have good people in those organizations trying to do the right thing. So I don't, I'm not here to throw people under the bus. But, or and... <laughs> They largely haven't done the job that's actually required. And so what happens is all of these other satellite nonprofits pop up to, to fill in the gaps. There's a great mom. It's, I think it's called, I have no affiliation with her, but I, in the, all of the research she has spent her life, I think it's called mamafication momification okay like something like that and she dedicates her life and gets this shit tested right so you have also environmental working group ewg.org you've got uh apps that they have going nope that not that product not that product this product right you have um cosmetics uh what is it the um the safe cosmetic i forget their name but there's a um yeah, there's organizations that are also because all of that other stuff in the beauty side of things number one they're manipulating women to like you have to wear all this stuff and then they go well you don't want it to streak and so then that's where they slide in all of this other stuff you don't want your shirt to wrinkle well that's where they slide in more PFAS you don't you, you know Gore-Tex and you know all these things like all of that stuff, whenever they say wrinkle-free and stain-free and your carpets, don't, don't buy them, don't use them. These are chemicals, these are things that you know, the DuPonts of the world and the Scotch guards of the world, these these things are not in your best interest. And so don't fall for it. You know, go back to the pan, the, the the diapers, the organic diapers, and you know what you can do. Here's an idea, wash them, yeah. right? You know, wash them and clean laundry detergents, and, and and I get it, man. They they market it to the convenience side of it. We don't want to think that no. these things can be harmful. We just don't want to. Well, and I we think
2: don't... we also don't want to think. We just want, you know, it's <laughs> we want to just like go about our lives and not have to worry about anything, you know. Yeah. I want to ask you about water bottles. I was doing a movie in Mexico with this amazing, wonderful guy, Jonathan Tucker. He's a brilliant actor and a good friend of mine now. And he, I was drinking out of plastic bottles because I was not at home and I could suddenly let my lazy get on a little bit and plastic was allowed because I didn't have a wife there yelling at me, but he came and he was like, no, 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 you can't drink out of plastic. He gave me a glass jar and he even had like a, a. a a mason jar cozy made for it it was camo it was really cool and so i then was using glass but i got home and i have a yeti bottle and it's apparently all bpa free because there is a plastic spout on it is that safe safer 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 so but
3: but there still can be runoff even if it's bpa free yeah i mean i haven't dove into yeti itself um the problem with the you know, you you could run into some elation of even the, the metals, right? Oh. There, there's some interactions that can create, and depending on what's in the water, then be there can be some electrolysis action in the water, but but infinitely better than plastic. Right. Because pe- people just need to understand, like if you have a quote unquote BPA, BPH. The problem is with you say BPA free and they create all these other derivatives of the of the, you know, and then BPH and now that's starting to be, but they're also keep creating other you know, it's like it's like a freaking super strain of freaking chemicals. Where they just
2: <laughs> alter the molecule ever so slightly so it no longer is BPA, but it's close
3: enough to get what they need out of it. Exactly. So it's that game. So, you know, yeah, I would go if you can infinitely better. So I'll praise you in that for sure. And harder plastics are absolutely better than the softer, the softer plastic. Basically that's more chemicals. That's more phthalates and phthalates are these binding estrogen compounds. That is, that is like consuming plastic, uh, consuming water. You're consuming plastic. If you're consuming water, that's full of that's You know regular water bottles but basically the ones that you can buy you're guaranteed um endocrine disrupting drinking that water and that's gonna hurt you over time without a doubt so harder plastics the better so if you're in a bind and you can can you choose and you don't have another hard just choose a hard plastic and then go to glass yes use glass as much as possible. I love this company. I don't get anything from them, but it's called Blue Blue Water Blue Bottle Love and I carry this thing everywhere. It's got me, you know, it's got like nice little etchings on it and and sayings and stuff like that, so it's kind of fun. And it's a great, yeah, great I have gift.
2: seen at airports um and I started doing this because it just didn't exist until recently, as far as I was aware, but you can bring a an empty bottle and there are filling
3: stations, which I yeah. think
2: is probably even superior and a hell of a lot cheaper. Buying a bottle of water in an airport's pretty expensive. That's crazy.
3: Yeah. I mean they and they can get away with it because you're you're you're, you're trapped. You're held you're, hostage. You're you know what I, I I don't know if this is a fact, but I'd love for your audience to try it. Because I'm gonna try it the next time I jump on a plane. I think a Someone was saying that if you say it's medical, medical grade water, they have to let you through with that water. Really? And they, you don't have to explain any more than that. But you can say something like, yeah, it's got, I would just say if they do ask, going, yes, it's got special electrolytes in there. So I'm going to try that next time. Yeah, um, I will then...
2: say I, I, because one of my kids has type one diabetes, and so and and this is a, 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 another thing that um, when she was for juice in our house we didn't really have juice in our house, but juice became medicinal. You know, if she's cra- if her blood sugar is truly crashing, we have to administer juice, and we have gotten that boxed juice onto plane simply because it is medicinal for her.
3: Yeah. So yeah, so let's let's try this out. And if your audience tries it and responds, I'd love to I'm gonna dig into that now that I reminded myself. I'm gonna dig into that and see if that's actually true. Yeah. Cause I've I've dug in into the the EMFs around those scanners and stuff, and and that's a bunch of shit too. I've never actually gone through those scanners. I, I I would suggest no one goes through those. You can opt out, and that's your legal right to opt out, and then you just get a healthy little pat down. Uh <laughs> You get familiar with the TSA agent. Say, <laughs> like, what's
2: up? Yeah. Um, we, we've gotten breast milk through too. When my when when my wife is pumped and we've had uh, excess breast milk, they allowed that through too. So I know the, the the liquid rule, while it might be pretty firm, it does bend in areas. So it might bend for medical grade water too. I don't know what the hell medical grade water is.
3: Is that like it, it's just a bringer's lactate or something? It's a special. I, yeah, you can come up with your own little, you know, monologue around it. You know, right. it's, it's structured, it's electrolytes, it's been infused with special structuring compounds, because I, I dehydrate on a plane and I pass out like, yeah, that's a story maybe try to get Feel it free to in, use uh, that one
2: an iv bag or something you know see what happens but then that's plastic then we're better that's plastic yeah, i've
3: i've actually talked to some doctors who are trying to make some initiatives in in some of the, the plastic overuse of this stuff cuz it's a it's a really it's a really big issue Ima- right. imagine that they're giving ivs and okay it's going right into your body and that's all plastic right so so the, there there is a shift that we need to do, but we can do these things pretty powerfully, right? So we can, let's create our own water. Let's get a filter. Let's get a nice glass bottle for you and your family. Let's get used to filling it up and let's add the electrolytes back. Hold
0: up.
3: Take it with you whenever you can and just keep your wits about you when you're buying water, because most of it's a lamb, right? And and uh, you don't have to do that. Um, and and that's a very vulnerable thing. You're opening up your body to, to a substance. Yeah. So let's make sure that it's clean and effective.
2: And it is possible to exist in this way without becoming like an off the grid prepper type.
3: yeah i mean listen they started it they're keep they're leaving chemicals in our freaking tap water right i'm not i'm not making this shit up you know i have 25 researchers working for me like we're scouring the research it is loaded with this research you will probably swear looking at this book too going what the hell's going on yeah why the hell would they let that again i don't know man but it's it's far too long. Let's put pressure because like you said before, like we as the people, not to be, you know, cheesy, we are the people. Let's be aware of our surroundings. Let's be aware of what we're doing so that we can stop doing the things that are undermining our health. And 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 when you do that, you feel better too because you're also taking action of integrating and making choices going shit, I am glad I know that, and now I have a solution for it. And then, like you said, you slowly start to create this energy. And I'm, not, I'm being very figurative about this. You literally start gaining your energy back, not only in the lower lowering of the chemical exposure, but also the up-leveling of quality things going in your body that are then... And then the dopamine effect, if I can go so far as saying, taking action on something that's integrated that you go, you know what, I feel really good about this water that I'm consuming because there's, I've eliminated the the riffraff. So I've got my own water source. I've got my own bottle. I now have a sovereignty there, man. And so all of these things added up over time, you just create a clean life, a clean household. And then you start having, again, people don't realize how good they can be until they actually st- take the steps to be that. You don't get to know what that feels like. Most people, if you ask them, hey, how you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. They get used to whatever it is that they feel. You probably know this. Yeah. When you get healthy, you're like, holy shit. I feel like a new person. Well, right? yeah, you feel so like a new person.
2: You, and then going back, it hits you so hard that it
3: does eventually become not worth it. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, because that's the insanity. Like, why would I put myself through that again? Because that's horrible. And there's no good outcome from that at yeah. all. Right? Yeah. Darren, thank you so much. This is uh, so much to
2: think about. I can't wait to read your book. I mostly want to skip ahead to just all the solutions, you know, (laughs) just so I can tell my wife, like I can say like, well, you didn't think of this one,
3: you know? Well, it's a, it's a tip of the iceberg. The book is a tip of the iceberg. I do these every week on my podcast. I dig into more because it's like, Hey, don't do this, do this. Cause that's at the end of the day. That's what it's about. Yeah. Hey, this one throwing up a little red flag. Let's do this instead. So it's all about empowerment and solutions. And uh, y- your, your wife's on the track, man. She Well, she
2: definitely knows some of this, but I don't think she knows all of it. So it's going to be fun to, to key
3: her into this. Well, even I don't because we're, we're a forever student of this yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. So, Amazing. brother, thank you, brother. Thank you, thank brother. you sir. Appreciate I appreciate it. this.
1: And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Diane. Hi, Diane. Diane says, Hey, Ethan, loving the podcast. I'm a 44 year old mom of three nurse practitioner and wife. I find the podcast so relatable while Thanks, I've never, yeah, love that feedback. Um, while I've never been obese, I have struggled with maintenance and have tried to maintain muscle in these uh, in these, my perimenopausal years, I struggled Mm. to stay on track after one week of caloric deficit. I want results, but don't want to have too great a deficit. I do not adhere to question for you is how do you get yourself out of your own way?
2: Well, I think, I think she's really onto something here with the, um, the the extreme the I, I the way I get myself out of my own way is to really do a gentle deficit, and that makes life a lot easier. If I start going to sleep hungry and not sleeping well because of it, that that is just a quick path to me coming up with a, an excuse to not do it anymore, and maybe the excuse is even valid because. I'm really suffering, you know, I actually, I actually don't suffer all too bad when I'm dieting. Now it's, it's kind of okay. The place that gets tricky for me is when I'm out in the world and trying to diet. And then, you know, especially if I'm traveling, which I do quite a bit and I'm, my sleep is suffering and suddenly, you know, I've woken up in one town without Food ready to take with me to the airport, and then the plane is late, and then I'm just like, Well, forget it. Today's a wash. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, I like to remind myself that in order to gain a pound, regardless of what the scale says tomorrow, in order to gain a pound, I need to consume 3,500 excess calories. Mm -hmm. And that's actually pretty hard to do in a day or two. Mm -hmm. And so when I keep that in mind, And I have these little bumps in the road and I get right back on my plan. That's how I get, that's how I stay out of my own way. I've set up a system for myself that I can basically live with. So maintenance is fairly easy for me now. And if I want to gently diet, that's fairly easy for me too. And I just like understand that if I want to lose 10 pounds, it's going to be a couple months. You know, it's not. Mm -hmm. Whereas I I could have tried to do that in a couple of weeks, a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore because those weeks are so rough. Menopause and perimenopause becomes so complicated uh, because of like hormones and hot flashes and a lot of physical stuff that I cannot relate to other than I've been around somebody else experiencing it, so I, I've witnessed it, but I haven't experienced it myself, so I don't know everything that goes into it, but I know an awful lot of girls start gaining weight during that time. It's not uncommon, Um, and we've we've had a few guests on to talk specifically about that, and I love hearing about it because I don't think it's, it's not such a big topic of discourse in mm-hmm our culture, you know? Like I feel so out of touch when my kids are listening to a whole new type of music that I've never heard of and I'm like, ah, this isn't for me. And then, (laughs) you know, to talk about like half the population at least, if not a little bit more, is going to experience this thing and it's not really a part of the discourse, you know what I mean? Like we talk about puberty all the time and that's what kids go through. And then girls have like basically a second puberty. That's like, let's just whisper about that. It seems very bizarre. Yeah. Um, and there are books and there are doctors out there doing uh, work on this. And I spoke to a doctor who said that girls could get hormones. And I don't know if that's helpful to you, but like, there there is a way. Um, I I understand in that situation, just like stick to your, you know, stick to your targeted calories might not be super effective. I don't know what it's like to have a hot flash. I really don't. Like I've had, I've taken niacin and beta alanine and those kind of give you a hot flash, but I don't think it's quite the same as the the sensation of a hot flash for menopause or perimenopause. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes you hungry. I don't know if it makes you not like food. I have no idea. I do want to talk about it more because I think that it's interesting and that half the world is going to experience it. And therefore it's an interesting topic to me because I'm interested in people. And if half the people I know are going to experience this thing, I would like to understand it a bit more. Um, so I'm sorry that I don't have any definitive data to relay on that specific thing. Um, but the way I stay out of my own way is to, you know, sometimes I like a hard task, but when it's, when I'm looking at life and long-term, if I make it too hard, I know that it's not going to be something I do forever. I can do something really hard for a day. I could do something really hard for, you could say like, do this really hard thing for a month and you're going to get X, Y, Z result. The, the result with regard to weight loss is not worth it because I've done that lots of times and the weight comes back and it comes back so rapidly. And I don't like that. Yeah. So with when I'm thinking about long-term weight loss, it really is changing the way I live and taking it really slowly.
1: That's awesome. I love the reminder that we have had some guests on recently, doctors and experts on this topic, because it is, as you mentioned, not talked about as often as maybe it should or could be. So love that. And yeah, the gentle deficit, such a good, such a good point. So yeah, thank you for that. And Diane, thanks for your question. you know, let us know how you do and if any of that is helpful or, you know, if, if you enjoy any of those other episodes too. And if you're out there and you have a question for Ethan, you can always email it to us at americanglutton.net.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.